Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sheep Get Sheared podcast. I'm your host, Austin Creed, and today we're talking about the patriarchy. Oh yes, the P word. You know, the word you hear from the feminists, the male rights activists, everybody seems to have an opinion on the patriarchy. Now, I want to make one thing perfectly clear. I'm not here to tell you what you should or should not think about the patriarchy. In fact, the patriarchy itself has nothing to do with what most people think it does. They merely talk about the consequences. And I would like to remind everybody that into each breach, some rain must fall. What I mean by that is, like every other system on the planet, there is problems. And those problems are going to be exploited because there is no perfect solution to any aspect of human life. Now, that being said, I don't want it to seem like I'm whitewashing or getting rid of any accountability that needs to be taken. Are there some aspects of the patriarchy that needs improvement? Absolutely there is. Does that mean, though, that we need to throw the proverbial baby out with the bathwater? Does that mean that we need to live in the post-1960s reality of uh, feminism, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth wave? I don't think so. But I'm going to try, and I believe me when I tell you, I'm going to try to stay as neutral as possible. And so we can have this conversation from both sides of the aisle about the dangers of the patriarchy and the advantages of the patriarchy. So, without further ado, I think it would be smart for us to address how the women in the audience might think of the patriarchy. So what we're going to do is we're going to really dive into what the women might have to say about the patriarchy. Ladies, if you're watching the show, so you are more than welcome to leave your thoughts in the comment section. Uh, I invite you to do so. But in the meantime... We're going to look at this video, and obviously this is going to be from the female perspective because it is a woman, and I will comment on people's appearances, not because I want to make fun of them, but because they put themselves on the internet, and just as people can criticize me, I'm going to criticize them. I always find it interesting, just right out the gate, before we hop in this video, what is it with the people who just left gender studies class, who have the uh, the bull nose ring in their nose? Can you explain to me why it's always these type of people who want to bring forth this type of content? I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I'm just picking up on. It. Let's let's look at this, shall we? So the patriarchy is like a man having his boot on a woman's neck. Feminism is women asking that the boot be removed. Men's rights activists think that having to take their boot off a woman's neck is some sort of reverse oppression. Conservatives figure that there was never a problem with the boot being on the neck until the woman started complaining about it, and if everybody would just shut the fuck up, things would be fine. Good guys take any complaint about the boot as a personal attack because not all men wear boots. Male allies try to discuss the issue in a way without alienating the boot. 
women with internalized misogyny don't know why these other women are complaining about the boot on their neck. They love having the boot on their neck, and there's something wrong with the women who complain. Meanwhile, the boot stays on the fucking neck. Oh, no. Oh, hell no! Oh, my God! You lied to me. All right, we're going to break this down piece by agonizing piece because I can't help but notice a central theme to this, as in anybody who disagrees with me is the problem. Any Whether it's men, other women, you're just wrong in plain English. In other words, if you don't agree with what I say, if I say there's a boot, well, and there's a boot. And if you say anything to the contrary, I'm going to categorize you. And not only am I going to categorize you, I'm going to condemn you. I'm going to be the judge, jury, executioner. And then I'm going to close the subject and I'm going to go home and I'm going to say, yep, I did the world a service today. All right, let's really break this down. Uh, we'll see how much of it I can stomach because this, this is rough. This is a really rough Star Wars. I didn't think this was going to be this serious right out the gate. I don't always watch these things all the way through because I want to give a, a live reaction, but this is something else. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's, let's revisit this right now. Let's revisit this. So the patriarchy is like a man having his boot on a woman's neck. Feminism is women asking that the boot be removed. First of all, we're going to stop right there. First of all, the boot on the neck. Really? We're going to go with that analogy? You see, I find it rather amusing when women want to say that, Oh, men are so evil. They oppress me. If they're white, they're especially oppressive towards me. First of all, are we going to pretend like women are helpless victims? How is it feministic of you to say that you need liberation and you're going to ask the so-called oppressor to remove that. First of all, where did you get that idea from? Do you know where you got that idea from? I know where you got it from. I've referenced this multiple times on this show. It came from Frederick Engels and Karl Marx, who popularized the idea that just as the rich were the bourgeoisie, and the working class with the proletariat on a socioeconomic level, on a personal level, the man was the bourgeoisie and the women and children were the proletariat. In plain English, what he's talking about is the women were oppressed by the, by the oppressive men who had property, and therefore because they had property and money, that they were inherently oppressive, Ignoring the fact they were paying for everything, ignoring the fact they had to oftentimes put themselves in very much physical and financial danger to support the people they were supposedly oppressing. But we're going to, again, address this topic because, look, I'm not saying that every man is good. Most people in general, men are people and women are people. Most people are not good people. Most people get what they can and they give nothing back that's just the inherent nature of life and like i said into each breach some rain must fall but let's entertain the notion and let's let her keep going men's rights activists think that having to take their boot off a woman's neck is some sort of reverse oppression so in other words if i call you out on the fact that women have always had power over men 
that they know they have power over men and we see it in this hypersexualized culture where women get attention money time energy from men for nothing then i am the bad guy not them for abusing their power but me for pointing out that they're abusing their power so i'm not here to cast stones but let's be clear do men have power yeah we're the ones who created most of the technology if we, if we want to put people in these groups which is entirely unhelpful but for the sake of this discussion i will play along with this uh men's right activists in other words if i say hey guys uh the divorce rate's really bad um hey guys divorce laws are really sucky towards men hey guys the family court treats men like slaves uh, hey guys we don't want some actual equality, not just this illusion of equality that you put forward that only that only gives you an advantage and not me. That is oppressive. That, in other words, me pointing out where you win is bad, but if I want to defend my position when you call me out, then I'm the problem. Ah, okay. Thank you for clearing that up. Conservatives figure that there was never a problem with the boot being on the neck until the woman started complaining about it, and if everybody would just shut the fuck up, things would be fine. Again, this idea of the boot is extremely disingenuous because we're assuming that A, every man is an oppressor, and B, every woman is being oppressed, when in fact, when you look at the first world countries of the day, you find that the opposite is true. It is the men who want relationships and the women who are exploiting these men's sexual orientations, exploiting their financial gains, and exploiting their ability to produce children, and using that against them in the family court, using that against them in the court of public opinion, and using it against them in every way possible. And basically, at the bottom line, they are extortionists. But, apparently, me, because I have a penis, I am the oppressor. All right. We'll entertain the notion for the sake of discussion. Good guys take any complaint about the boot as a personal attack because not all men wear boots. Really? Well, this is getting weird. Male allies try to discuss the issue in a way without alienating the boot. Oh, in other words, the guys who want to help you are also part of the problem. In other words, the so in other words, you can either be a toxic man and support this boot analogy she's talking about, or you can be someone who supports her, but you're still part of the problem. So in other words, men are the problem. And if men were just gone, you would live in this perfect Amazonian society without men. Well, it, you know, the problem with the Amazon example that I see is number one, the Amazonians were, um, um, they committed SA against men to produce children in ancient Greek lore, but of course no one wants to do that kind of research. Oh, oh yeah, you thought that it was only men who could commit crimes like that. Oh no. Oh no, in fact, that's actually what Amazons did, according to the traditional Greek interpretation, that women are more than happy to ascribe to them as a type of empowerment, when in fact they're simply embodying all the worst aspects of masculinity that they're attracted to, and they hate themselves for being attracted to it. Let's keep going. Women with internalized misogyny don't know why these other women are complaining about the boot on their neck. They love having the boot on their neck, and there's something wrong with the women who complain. 
Oh, in other words, if you're a woman and you don't agree with this woman, you're also part of the problem. Who's not part of the problem besides you? Because you basically just described all of all of the men on the planet, uh, all of the women who are somewhat traditional and don't have the mindset of 1960s and forward. Who's left? Just you and your cabal of of cackling witches? Is that the only people that are left? So in other words, unless you 100% agree with this woman, you are the problem. Oh, because that's historically worked out great. Uh, let me ask you something. So in, in other words, you're saying, and I hope I'm not misquoting here. I mean, call me out if you think I'm being foul here. But for some reason, I seem to recall multiple people saying, if you're not with us, you're against us. Um, those with us must fight the people against us, and in doing so, we will achieve true equality, true greatness, and it's at the expense of the people who are going to scapegoat and make them the problem, and we want them punished. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I seem to recall a certain uh, short man with a weird mustache from Austria using that same argument, but, oh, you know what? Go ahead. Call me whatever you want. I'm just saying. Oh, he wasn't alone either, by the way. A lot of people use this argument. Historically, not great. Meanwhile, the boot stays on the fucking neck. Oh, in other words, so what, what, would, the, what would the solution be, ma'am? If you have a solution, what's the solution? Women run everything? Women uh, become, in your mind, equal to men, even though they already are? In fact, Socrates talked about this. Uh, Socrates is quoted as saying, once made equal to man, women become, woman becomes his superior. Oh, I'll repeat that in case you missed it. Says, Socrates once said, supposedly, once made equal to man, woman becomes his superior. Let's read what this article has to say about Socrates. Once it's a, okay, in the realm of philosophy, few thinkers have resonated as deeply and provocatively as Socrates. Known for his, in, this is me reading, known for his incisive questions and receiving insights, Socrates has left behind a legacy of thought-provoking words that continue to challenge and inspire. One such quote that has garnered much attention in debate is his assertion that once made equal to man, women becomes his superior. At first glance, they argue, this quote may appear puzzling or even contradictory. I don't understand what they're talking about, but we'll continue. Seemingly contradicting the very notion of equality. However, upon further analysis, Socrates reveals a profound truth about the dynamics of power and relationships between men and women. In the context of ancient Athens, where Socrates lived and philosophed, philosophized jesus why would you put this word in here just to trip us up women were regulated to subservient roles and okay okay i see what he's saying here oh boy this is so disingenuous in the broader sense this quote speaks to the transformative power of equality in any context urging us to recognize that when all individuals are given equal rights and opportunities they can rise above social expectations and demonstrate remarkable capabilities. This idea suggests that true equality does not stem from simple leveling the playing field and training people the same, but rather from recognizing and embracing the inherent differences and unique strengths that individuals bring to the table. This sounds like a bunch of hippy-dippy garbage. In light of this concept, 
Socrates states, statement takes on a new depth. By suggesting that women become superior to men when they achieve equality, he may be highlighting the innate qualities that women possess, such as empathy, intuition, and emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence? Most women are not emotionally intelligent. They're emotionally in tune. That doesn't make them emotionally intelligent, which are often undervalued in a patriarchal society. Through, through rational equality, men and women are, can come together to contemplate one another, fostering a harmonious balance that promotes individual growth and collective progress. Okay, I'm going to cut through. I'm going to stop it right there. First of all, that is not what he was saying. Uh, in my reading of what he said, he was saying the following. He was saying that women have power over men. And for those of you who maybe have no idea what life was like before the invention of modern technological comforts and polite society, there was a time, believe it or not, in human history where men um, slaughtered each other in large numbers, which we still see today, but it was everywhere and not just small pockets of the world. Now, when you take into account the fact that most people didn't live past the age of 30, you also come to realize that with a life expectancy being low, no access to modern farming equipment, hunter-gathering 15,000 years ago, you realize that women were seen as a resource because without women, they couldn't reproduce, they couldn't have more people to then increase their tribe and therefore their chances of survival. So this idea of equality was already kind of present because the men saw the value that women provided. And when I said that women was a resource, I'm not saying she was the equivalent of a hand shovel or a doorknob. I mean on the equivalent of the gold, the silver, and the cattle that they used to... They were essential to survival. The idea of being compared to cattle was not to demean them. Without them, they would die. That was what they were saying. But of course, like I said before, into each breach, some rain must fall. And then when you take into account the modern day interpretations of the ancient ways of the human ex existence, you realize that people can make anybody look bad. As words change, their meanings change with them. And so when you take into account the fact that equality meant they brought equal value to society, that's always been the case. Men have always seen women as valuable because without them, the human species would not exist. But yet, women want to be, women want all the rights that men have. They want all the advantages that men have, not rights, I hate that word. They want all the advantages that men have while also having the responsibility of women without those characteristics. That's called cherry picking. But of course, that woman in the video we just watched says that that's a boot. The boot is not put on there by men. The boot, if it exists at all, is put there by God. Not to keep them down, but to let them know that just like men, they are limited with their abilities to... They're not a god. They don't have infinite possibilities and infinite ability to do the things they want to do. Most men 
are invisible to most women. So even when women talk about men, they're not talking about the guy who works a nine to five job uh, at the medium level of the company. They're not talking about the guy who delivers pizza. They're not talking about the guy who is working at the average corporation in America or in the West. She's talking about guys like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, um, guys who make millions if not billions of dollars, the athletes, the entrepreneurs, the, the inventors. She's talking about them. She's not talking about the average guy. She doesn't even look at the average guy, the mechanic, the engineer, the plumber, the electrician. He is invisible. Blue collar and below are invisible to most women because she has no interest in them. She does not see what he brings to society and that he himself is somewhat limited as well and also would have a proverbial boot upon his neck. Just as the same women back in the day wanted to be with the king or the local lord, the women of today want to be with the people in power or the people with resources. You see what I'm talking about here? Did I lose you? Do you understand my argument? She's not talking about the boot that's put on by the average man. The average man, she doesn't even see as he walks down the street. He's little more than a dog. The average woman is talking about the CEO, the entrepreneur, the athlete, the executive. That's who she's talking about. But they don't realize they had to earn that. They didn't just spontaneously earn everything because of their race or their gender or their sexual orientation. They earned that through hard work, opportunity, and luck, which is preparation meeting opportunity. You, did I make my point? Okay, good. Now that I spent 10 minutes talking about that, let's move forward into the patriarchy discussion again. And, um, you know, it's really interesting to me how much people want to ignore for history and how much history is forgotten because it's either interpreted through the modern day lens or people just want to eschew it because it doesn't fit with their ideas. Case in point, this video right here. Trigger warnings for SA and mentions of rape. A big, very evident example of the ways in which patriarchy affects people in America is the ways in which we look at SA, sexual assault. No matter how much we try to deny that it's victim blaming, the fact that when women in America come forward about sexual assault, the questions that arise are about her actions as an individual shows that the greatest sin you can commit under the patriarchy is to ruin a man's life. If you ruin a woman's life, it's much less of a problem. Why do I say this? Look at every Hollywood actor, politician, athlete, billionaire, and millionaire. The fact that it's become an expectation for sexual assault allegations to arise to the point in which when sexual assault cases are brought up against these powerful individuals, society goes, well, he got famous, of course, they're gonna start coming up now. Even though something like 60% of sexual assaults don't even get mentioned to the police. And even those that are recorded by the police, less than 2% are falsely like accusing a man. So in a modern world where we ignore statistics and treat a victim as if they're a perpetrator, as if a man's livelihood is repeatedly put above women's safety is a massive indicator of the ways the patriarchy impacts people in America. All right. That was painful. I had to bite my tongue literally to stop myself from talking. But now, I'm not going to hold back. We're going to go through it one more time. 
I know. I know. Probably gonna be tough. Probably gonna have similar reactions to me, but we're gonna do it anyways. Because even though I completely disagree with everything he just said, he has a right to his opinion, but he also has a right for me to call him out on his bullcrap. So let's continue with the show, and let's go back to this one more time. Trigger warnings for SA and mentions of rape. A big, very evident example of the ways in which patriarchy affects people in America is the ways in which we look at SA, sexual assault. No matter how much we try to deny that it's victim blaming, the fact that when women in America come forward about sexual assault, the questions that arise are about her actions as an individual shows that the greatest sin you can commit under the patriarchy is to ruin the man's life. Pause. The whole term of victim blaming is ridiculous. First of all, this idea of a victim being 100% a victim and the perpetrator being 100% guilty is false. What is not false, however, is we need to draw a distinction between someone who's been accused of a crime and someone who's been convicted of a crime. Under the law in the United States of America, we have a presumption of innocence. However, with sex-based crimes, we have the court of public opinion who is all too willing to hold a French Revolution type trial where they immediately get walked down the gangplank and the guillotine is immediately dropped on them. This is the part of the problem. Number one, we're going to ignore the fact that most, most, most people contribute, whether it's 10% or 100%, contribute to what happens to them. It doesn't just happen immediately. Now, am I dismissing people who have actually been victims of SA? No. No, I am not. What I am skeptical of is when I hear these stories of people who say that SA has happened to them, and then they don't report it to the police, it then makes me wonder, wait a minute, why in the world would they do that? So in other words, you're saying that I'm the problem because I'm asking a question, but not them for letting somebody who is allegedly committing a, a, a felony getting away with it. So in other words, you're letting a felon off the hook if, he, if he's convicted. You're letting a felon walk free but I am the issue. And we're also going to pretend like we, there are no false alligators out here. No one who makes false claims that are proven to be false later. Uh, hello, there are very famous cases of this exact thing happening. Very famous cases. And we're also going to ignore the fact that a lot of the people who come out with these types of cases are broke. And then they get settled out of court. Because they know that no matter what happens, whether they are whether they're convicted or acquitted, that they've already lost the court of public opinion because they were born with a penis. Are we going to ignore these very clear, very apparent facts of reality? Let's keep going. If you ruin a woman's life, it's much less of a problem. Why do I say this? Look at every Hollywood actor, politician, athlete, billionaire, and millionaire. The fact that it's become an expectation for sexual assault allegations to arise to the point in which when sexual assault cases are brought up against these powerful individuals, society goes, well, he got famous, of course, they're going to start coming up now. In other words, they're actually following the process of, oh, why did this happen? Let's look into it. There's this thing called, my friend, there's this thing called due process in this country. 
You have to give someone notice of a crime and then give them the opportunity to present a defense to that crime. We don't live in the Old West where someone would literally just walk on the gangplank and get hung in the public square. You seem like the type to be in favor of that without realizing that it was, unless you look either black or Hispanic, I can't tell. But it doesn't matter because I, 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 my friend, did you not read a history book? Because it was people like you in the past who were falsely allegated against by white women and then were treated in the very way you're saying that men should not be treated today. You're, it was men who looked like you who were the prime suspects for these type of false alligators to come out of the swamp. But yet you're siding with the people who came out against you historically. Why is that? Why have you not read a history book, sir? Have you not read a history book? How many times have we seen a white woman come up against a black man or Hispanic man with this type of false alligator garbage for it to be proven false? How many times have we seen this? Answer, many, many times. But yet, now we have people like this defending the very people who could false allegate them. Do I have sympathy for actual people who've been convicted? I mean, actual people who have been victims of this crime? Yes, yes I do. Problem is, there are so many false alligators out here and I have known them both personally and I've seen it in the press. I've known people in my life who've literally taken self-deleted themselves off of allegations like these describing that were false and proven to be false. And then we assume that because he's the man, he's inherently the victim. I mean, he's inherently the, the, the perpetrator and the woman is always the victim. It's unbelievable to me that people get away with this type of logic in today's world. Even though something like 60% of sexual assaults don't even get mentioned to the police. Which means that likely that didn't actually happen because if it did, then it would have gone reported to the police. And if it did happen and you didn't report it to the police, now I have to wonder why you are shielding a felon from getting convicted. That's my next question. And even those that are recorded by the police, less than 2% are falsely like accusing a man. I would love to see those statistics because I can guarantee you that's false. So in a modern world where we ignore statistics, and treat a victim as if they're a perpetrator, as if a man's livelihood is repeatedly put above women's safety, is a massive indicator of the ways the patriarchy impacts people in America. First of all, it has nothing to do with protecting the patriarchy and everything to do with protecting the livelihoods of people whose lives are being destroyed by these false allegations that you say only make up 2%, when in fact, I guarantee you it's much higher than that. My friends, do you think I've been fair or foul so far on this show? I'm very curious to know. Because this is a very serious topic. Like I said, into each breach, some rain must fall. But the patriarchy was not designed to keep women in check. It was meant to keep other men in check. It has never been a man's job to keep a woman in check. Historically, before 1960, it was the women who kept other women in check. It was the women who knew that if they were loose women out here in the streets, that they might seduce their husbands and their livelihood might be at risk. So it was them who decided, hey, we're not going to be out here dressing all provocatively. We're going to be the ones to take care and dress modestly. 
take care of our communities and make sure that our sons and husbands are not put at risk by these harlots. It was the women who did that, but no longer today. Today, the, the women who would do that are now jealous of the younger women getting all the attention and are all too happy to act just like them, like the women of ancient Rome, who when they found out that the blonde women who were blonde hair was a was a was synonymous with being a prostitute in ancient Rome, they then started to dye their hair blonde, jealous of the attention that was given to the blonde prostitutes. With them with them not realizing that there is a difference between a man man's sexual preference and his mating and his reproductive selection. Big difference. But again, this is why the patriarchy was put in place. It was not to oppress women as they would like to believe because not everything is about them. It was meant to keep men in check. That was what the patriarchy was for. It was to keep men in check. It was to prevent people from tearing society to pieces. It was meant to establish order and to prevent chaos. That was what the patriarchy was put in place to do. Problem is, like I said, into each breach, some rain must fall. And instead of saying all the good that has been done, they'd rather point out the 20% of bad and highlight that and not the 80% of good that has been done by the patriarchy, ergo metaphysically throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But my friends, what do you think? What are your thoughts? I love to hear them. If you have any thoughts, you can hit me up on X at SheepGetCheer, or you can go on over to the uh, Patreon page, support over there, or you can go to the comment section, ask me questions. In the comment section, or you can hit me up in the DMs, you can ask me questions. I'm welcome to answer them. But just don't, please don't come in there with your emotions. I don't have time to deal with emotional ass men or hurt women who don't understand history. My friends, whatever you choose to do with this information we've talked about today, I would only encourage you to question everything, to stay informed, to stay vigilant, and hopefully use it to develop your own personal philosophy. I'm out. Peace.